Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, it has been almost 12 days that we have not seen each other. I have really missed you. I have not seen you physically in a long time. I don't even know what you look like now. I don't know what's going on. Well, um, I miss you too, first of all. And um, now that you don't see me every day, you can't see my outfit of the day because that's a new thing for me. <laughs> oh, no, no, don't don't get me wrong. I did, I did see your outfit of the day at Hood Famous <laughs> in your stories. Okay. Um, yeah, I think this is a record for us. I don't think we've gone this long, 12 days without seeing each other since we started the podcast and maybe before. So yeah, yeah really miss seeing your face. <laughs> that's... <laughs> That's so nice. Only my parents say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, co-hosts say it as well. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, welcome to our show, everybody. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast. This is episode 54. Monica, we have a special episode for this week. Um, normally, we do our recaps and events, but like I said, we haven't seen each other in over 12 days, so we have no recaps, <laughs> And um, but we do have some housekeeping things to, to get through. So this past week, we did do a giveaway with Rosita's Grill out in Green Lake. And Monica, I picked the winner earlier today. And do you want to know who the winner is for a $50 gift card to Rosita's Grill? I want to know because I really enjoyed the food there. So I'm kind of going to be jealous a little bit, but who won? I am jealous too. Really good Mexican food at Rosita's Grill in Green Lake. The winner for the $50 gift card is Food with Leanne. Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. So I know. Food with Leanne, we're going to contact you via direct message and we will get you your gift card very soon. So congratulations. We'll put up a story for her, Monica, mm -hmm. on our Seattle Foodie Podcast Instagram account and make sure we let her know that she won. Awesome. And Monica, like I said, this is a special episode. However, we would be doing a disservice if we didn't talk about one event. There's not a lot of events going on this week, so we're going to put on the special episode for you all. But like I said, there is a special Seattle festival that's in our neck of the woods. And this Friday through Sunday in South Lake Union is Cowabunga, presented by Seattle Met and Amazon. Monica, this is an all-you-can-eat festival benefiting the Seattle Theater Group. Just like last year, each day has a specific theme, and Saturday has two events. So it's all different. Friday is Surf and Turf. Saturday is Beer and Barbecue from 12 to 3 p.m. And then at nighttime, it's the Seared event from 7.30 to 10.30 p.m. And the theme is Steak and Cake. So not only are you mm. going to get steak... But there's also going to be a cake competition going on. So you'll be able to try that as well. And then finally, Sunday is going to be Burger Bash. Tickets are available for each separate event or you can buy the weekend pass and you get all four events, Monica. Make sure you go to the Cowabunga website and you can purchase those tickets there. Have you ever been to Cowabunga before, Monica? I haven't, but I have to say, I kind of got distracted once you said all you can eat meat. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of tuned out a little bit because that's all I could think about. <laughs> but you have, yeah. haven't you? 
I did last year. I got to go to the Sunday event, which was Sunday brunch. They did a brunch theme on Sunday. It was quite fun. The Sunday usually like they kind of wrapping up the event. So um, it's it's a lot of it's a lot more low key. There's there's plenty of food. It's just like just like they said, it's all you can eat. So you can eat as much as you can. But it's very low key mm-hmm. and and it's a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I'd be curious to check out the other like the night events like, like Seared and the Surf and Turf that. That sounds a oh, lot more surfing, fun. Surfing turf for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. <laughs> sounds delicious. For everyone that wants to get tickets, make sure you go to the Cowabunga website. All right. Mm-hmm. Monica, speaking of festivals, this is our special episode. Why don't you tell us about it? Nelson, last week I was at Face Portland and as luck would have it, Stephanie Forer was there too. She's a friend. Uh, she does a great job of social media. She's a food and travel writer. And you and I, Nelson, asked her if she would consider being a guest on the show to do a Feast recap and she agreed. So here's what Steph and I had to say about Feast. Hey everybody, we're coming at you with a special episode of Seattle Foodie Podcast. And my special guest today is my good friend, Stephanie Forer. Welcome, Hi. Stephanie. Hi, y'all. It's good to be here. So as you all know, I went down to Feast Portland, but Nelson couldn't go because we only had one press pass. But luckily, Stephanie was there. And so you all don't have to listen to just me talking about Feast. <laughs> Stephanie had a full experience as well when I finally found her because, you know, she's running away from me like, the whole time. <laughs> I was not avoiding her. <laughs> she keeps saying that. Anyway, I just thought that having two perspectives is so much better than just me talking and boring you all and so hearing um, some of the events that Stephanie went to that I did it hearing some that I went to that she did and the ones that we went to together just our different perspectives probably just amazing so Stephanie why don't you kick us off because this was not your first time at Feast no it was not my first time at Feast I have been two or three times but not in a couple years it gets like crazier every year and this year I feel like especially there was just so much awesome stuff going on actually we just like got some of the stats back from the event and there was over 21,000 people that came in for this. They had 47 different events, including dinners, talks from local chefs, of course, the main events. Um, They pulled in over 130 chefs for this. 90 of them were local to Portland. Then they had chefs from all of the country and even some international chefs. And this year, Feast Portland raised almost $80,000 for their charitable partners, which is uh, Partners for Hunger Free Oregon and Urban Gleaners. And I think you might have met Mm-hmm. The Urban Gleaners folks, maybe you can tell us a little bit about that charity and how Feast actually does help get back to the food community. Yeah, so they showed up at one of the media breakfasts that I went to. Um, that was one of my vegan breakfasts. I was also <laughs> she ate the so area. much the night yeah, before. Yeah, so much the night before. <laughs> but it's really kind of nice to make that connection with the people who are behind the charity and what they really do. So really the goal is no hungry children in Oregon and nationwide. And so the person from Urban Gleaners that was there was telling us a little bit, and you know, I... I didn't, it didn't really occur to me what gleaning was, but basically in the food community, you know how much food we waste. Let's just be real about it. We can't eat a lot of food, but people want us to take pictures of it all. And at an event like this, of this magnitude, the amount of food waste is just astonishing. So these gleaners are there and literally with their Tupperwares and they are packing up food for those who are in need of it. And literally the next day at the latest, 
like that food is in the bellies of the people who need it most. And the focus is on children because as we know, hungry children are developing and can cause stunted growth. And also you can't be learning if you're hungry. And so really the homeless populations over the years have really been increasing in terms of children. And so when they came up and spoke to us and told us exactly what they were doing and how they were doing it, I'm just like, wow, like that, like that really matters, right? So like an event like this where, yeah, we're having a good time and we're drinking rosé, <laughs> me, <laughs> but, but still like there's something behind it, right? There's something that's still bettering the community. And I'll say a little bit more about, you know, why Feast is more than just a food festival later on, but I'll let you get back to some of your highlights. Yeah, but I think that's great because do forget that Feast does have this charitable aspect mm -hmm. of it, that they are doing a lot to give back to the community. And that's, that's a great charity mm -hmm. that's so impacting. That's that's right here, right now. We get the food, yeah. we take it to you the next day. Feast has been going on since 2012. This was the eighth year. You know, it's just, like I said, it gets bigger and bigger. It was, I'm still recovering, I think. <laughs> I'm not quite over all the, all the eating and mm -hmm. drinking and all the events. I totally agree. So um, I think your perspective as a veteran who's been there many different, you know, a couple different times. For me, it was my first time, and so I really felt honored to be able to go. And I was excited, but I have to say, I was a little anxious and scared as it got closer and closer. Like, how am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to cover four days worth of events? Because, like, I think about the food events here in Seattle. And yeah, I do two-day events, yeah. but they're just like these big events. But like with feast, it's so much more. It's so overwhelming and fantastic at the same time. But to call it a food festival really doesn't do it justice because it really is like a celebration of the Pacific Northwest and beyond. It's celebrating local businesses, local chefs, like the food that we grow, like how we serve it, and, and just an overall food community, not to mention the charitable aspect. So uh, there are tons of things that I didn't get to go to, like the special dinner series, and you'll be telling us about the one that you went to. There are classes and drink tanks, and so some of those like just didn't fit in the schedule. I was exhausted just from covering the main events. So just want to let people know about some of those options and, and how fantastic it is. Absolutely. And I think that's cool, like what you said, remembering that it's not just like a food and drink festival. Mm -hmm. It really is. There's so much more than just food at these events. There's so much interaction with, with chefs and people in the industry. Um, there's a celebration of like the, you know, the Oregon Berry Commission was mm -hmm. there. The Cheese mm -hmm. Commission was there. You're getting to try not only dishes that people are preparing, but you're getting to experience, you know, like the Pacific Northwest down to the like the nuts and bolts of our food. Here's the cheese, here's the berries. Um, so that makes it really cool. It does. So we're gonna kick it off with the first big event on Thursday night. And actually after I get done sort of highlighting this one, uh, maybe you can tell us about uh, the special dinner series because I think that's the night you went yeah. to yours, right? Which was why we didn't hang out this night. She thought I was avoiding her, but <laughs> the craziness of Feast. There's literally so much going on. <laughs> it totally is. So every year there's like a really big theme um, for the main events, and this one was called East Coast, West Coast. And so what that essentially means is that it was an epic competition between chefs from the East Coast and chefs from the West Coast. And so they really brought it. I mean, I have to say, it started off with the really epic uh, pedicab ride from the hotel over to the Rose Quarter where I used to work. And I, so it was like so hot that day. And this pedicab driver, I was like, oh, bless his heart. I'm gonna have to tip him well, because you know, it's quite a ways over the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. these hills and everything and just like bless him you know I didn't have to walk all that way so even though I call it like a friendly competition I have to say between the East Coast and West Coast chefs I felt like they were really on the money like they were really trying to win and unfortunately 
the East Coast chefs won, but it was a close call. Um, but I did have some favorites. I heard the food was like really yeah. good from you and then yeah. just from lots of people that I talked to the next day. So I was kind of bummed I miss I it, but you just can't do everything. Can't do so everything. what were some of your favorites? I chose one from East Coast and West Coast just to highlight. So my favorite uh, West Coast one was Burger Stevens, which is a local Portland restaurant. And it was a crustacean style slider. So first of all, if you know me, you know, like I'm not big on burgers. I mean, it's pretty much like the best burgers I ever had and then every other burger that I'll eat in my life, right? And so for these, I really love them. They were sliders, and so they weren't too filling. But the way that the hamburgers were prepared kind of reminded me of the way my mom made them when I was a kid. They had like really crispy, rustic edges, so mm -hmm. they like weren't like perfectly formed. They had like a little caramelization to them and a little crunchiness, and then the the meat was just juicy inside, and I just really love that. And then you just throw like crab on there, Dungeness crab. Can you imagine? Jeez, oh my gosh, <laughs> yum. So so that was, and it, it pretty much blew me away. And then my East Coast one was from Eventide Oyster Company. And so I believe they have locations in Boston and in Portland, Maine. And they had brown butter lobster rolls. Oh my and God. They, they were minis. <laughs> and I'm kind of glad they were minis because it was so rich. And when I looked at the bread, I was like, I don't know if that bread's gonna work for me because it was kind of um, on the paler side. It kind of looked like, like a soft dinner roll, that kind of texture. I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna feel about that. But it was so delicious and so soft. Like the lobster itself was so buttery. I actually had to stop taking pictures. I had to go off to the side and I had to do a mukbang shot because it was so good. I felt like I needed to share that with people. I felt like I couldn't eat it by myself. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you really like that. Like you can't, totally. you need to share that experience with other people. Totally, totally. <laughs> So those are two of my favorites. And I think for dessert, New Seasons Market, that's a, a headliner sponsor for Feast. Mm -hmm. uh, they have locations in, in Oregon and Washington. They had the, this really beautiful dessert plate that had macarons, meringues, and fortune cookies, and edible flowers, and just the plating behind it. I mean, I have to say, it's not just a dessert, but when someone makes you feel special because of their plating and presentation, it's like a total treat, right? course yeah absolutely <laughs> makes it just that presentation is mm -hmm. we eat with our eyes first mm -hmm. right we really do totally so that night we weren't together again because you went to the dinner series so why don't you tell our listeners about that yeah so my first night at feast um thursday night i went to one of the dinners and it was a dinner with two local chefs roy mcillardy and sarah minnick they're both local portland chefs and then david tannis was in town from new york he is a writer for the New York Times, a food writer, and also a very celebrated cookbook author and chef. So that was a really cool dinner. He was kind of like the headliner chef that they pulled in from out of town. And then they had these two rock star chefs from in town, and they did a collaborative multi-course meal. I, I believe I lost track of the courses, but it started out with just like an amazing plate of tallies. Kind of remind me of like poppy old school, mm. to be honest with you, which I miss. Just such a beautiful presentation, amazing amazing array of flavors and just kind of progressed from there. There was like an amazing fish. It was all family style, so you're kind of forced to meet the people around you and, and talk to the other food lovers. I was with some great writers, from one from Victoria and, and one from Central Oregon, so it was really cool to talk food with people. Either they're in the industry usually at these kind of events or they just they love food because so how Feast works is there's main events and starts Thursday night goes through Sunday there's one to two main events every day and then while these are going on there's also multiple one-off dinners that you can do 
and gosh, I don't even know how many dinners they did in the dinner series this this year, but I know the first night they, they had four going on just in, in night one. A chef Eduardo Jordan was down cooking from, from Seattle and one who we bumped into later. And then the one I went to was, was fantastic. I guess it's about probably like 60 people, so usually closes out a venue. And I think that's a really poor, important part of these because the big events are super fun and we had a great time at them, but it's just a little more intimate and a little bit more of a formal dining experience. And not that that's exactly what you're looking for, but at Feast, you get a lot of the, the food festival-esque experience mm-hmm. where you're getting to taste lots of dishes and walk around from booth to booth at the, the main feast, at Smoked, at all, you know, at the East Coast, West Coast event that you mentioned. So this is kind of takes it up to a another level to where it's just a little more elevated and you're sitting there enjoying enjoying a nice meal. So I highly recommend that if you are planning to experience these next year that you look into those dinners, get your ticket for one of them and, and do it early. <laughs> because I know there was one or two that I did want to go to that um, that were sold out by the time, you know, I realized if I was going to get like pre- press access mm-hmm. to them. But it's honestly, it was a it was a beautiful night eating under the stars, being served by these three chefs who were all very committed to using local ingredients, to sustainability, and hearing them talk about their inspiration and see them come together to create a very a very special meal that was so well thought out. It was really cool. Um, maybe possibly my favorite thing about Feast is the special dinners, but I also really. The next day I was jealous that I didn't go to the East Coast, <laughs> West Coast market because um, I heard that it was, yeah, I think that it was some probably some of the best food of all the main events just from from what I heard. I heard yeah. that those East Coast chefs just really brought it. That lobster roll sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I want one now. <laughs> um, it's a super great component of Feast that they have these, these events. So you can really make your feast experience anything you want. You can pick one main event, you can pick five. You can just go to the dinners. So you can have a more formal dining experience or a more like food festival type mm. experience. I think this is a great thing about feast. I've seen it grow in the past. I've been involved with it for six or seven years, almost since the beginning. I've seen them just add on more things that have worked and how it's evolved. and. They've, they've come up with a really good formula that works really mm-hmm. well. And I mean, all the food lovers there seemed very happy. And mm-hmm. so the dinners, yes, do a dinner. If you don't do <laughs> one, do, if you don't do all of them, do do one or two if you're planning mm-hmm. to do Feast. Definitely check them out. And again, they sell out fast because they pull in some really big names and do some really cool collaborative things. Mm-hmm. They do. And I think it is important how you highlight there's something for everyone, you know, depending on the kind of dining experience you want. And yeah, looking back, I wish I would have known because, I mean, let's just be real. We wanted to go to Ed Warder's dinner. Of course we did. Just <laughs> we both did. We yeah. wanted in on that dinner. We were mad. I mean, there, was, there was like another noodle one. Yeah, like, there was a noodle one. noodles. They yep. sounded really fantastic. And we both love noodles. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't get into that one. And so, yeah, you know, in hindsight, like buying those tickets would have would have been great. But again, it's my first time, so I'm kind of a noob. And it, I have no excuse, <clears throat> people. It wasn't my first time. I, I waited too late Eduardo I'm sorry I missed your dinner but they do they have so many cool kinds of things that we I remember one of the dinners I wanted to go to was a zero proof dinner and they yeah. bring in which it's is so, so hot right yeah now. they bring in um, 
I, I think that it was about four chefs with uh, Gabriel Rucker of Late mm -hmm. Pigeon in Portland as like the headliner, kind of like founder of this event. And they do a completely alcohol-free dinner, mm -hmm. which I think is, yeah, so important in the mm -hmm. restaurant industry right now to see that shift of people being more mindful mm -hmm. of, of their health. Of it's, yeah. The industry is definitely changing that way. So next year, I'm definitely gonna go to that zero-proof <laughs> dinner if, if I make it to Feast, it's definitely gonna happen. Okay, so let's talk about the night market. Night market. I mean, before we, we get into your highlights, I have to say, we were walking a lot. You walked down there, but I got this double-decker bus. You guys. Yeah. So I've never ridden a double-decker bus, and I was, like, low-key terrified of it <laughs> and decided that I would be a big girl and go upstairs and sit up front. And so at least I was right in, like, identifying the front because other people thought they were sitting in the back, and they sort of flipped out when they it was moving backwards and I'm like, no, this is the front. <laughs> but that's why I'm here. I want to, want to get the view. And then what's interesting is with the roads, if there's any sort of little bump, like it's, it's like really exaggerated. So it was a bumpy ride. I wish I could have captured that better on video, but you were in line already and like my bus pulled up and you're yelling and waving at me and I'm running, trying to run with all my crap on gravel, trying to make it to you and just made it in time. So that's sort of, you know, laying the groundwork for our beginning of the night market. What were some of your highlights you seem to have a lot of them here <laughs> yeah I did I, I wrote down so many notes y'all I hate to start off with mentioning a Seattle favorite mm -hmm. but I mean Frankie and Joe's was there mm -hmm. we love we yes. love ice cream we love Frankie we and love Joe's I was like as soon as we saw that I'm like okay mm -hmm. we came all the way from Seattle to eat Frankie and Joe's on they were doing it was a, a miso moon mm -hmm. I believe was miso the name moon. of the flavor and you know like everything they do it was it was fantastic. I was really excited to see Fat Rice from Chicago in um, in the house that night. You know, they've been named, were named one of Bon Appetit's Best New Restaurants a few years ago. We're on the Michelin Guide, I think, in 2016. So that's a big name to pull. So that was super cool um, for them to be there. And they were doing a hawker-style fried oyster omelet. Just seeing them, like, cook all that with the river behind them, it was, it was cool. And it it was really good. Mm -hmm. It was really good. So oh, we have to mention, not in the food department, but in the in the drink department, um, the Union Wine Company, which I believe is Oregon-based. Mm -hmm. They had, I haven't, okay, y'all, I haven't drank a wine cooler <laughs> since I was, I at least in college, okay, like maybe high school, but they, we were actually taking photos, mm -hmm. so I was, I wasn't even paying attention to what they were pouring me. I was like, Monica, can you take this photo? I'm gonna have this guy pour something. I, I literally just like smiling at the camera. And it was a canned wine cooler that they've just come out with. And God, it was hard to describe. I tasted it. And remember, I was like, you have to taste this. Like it's, it was almost like a, a cross between a wine and a beer because it was way more drinkable than wine usually is, um, but definitely had like more body than a beer. Um, and it was, it was fantastic. That was one of my, I, you know. No, totally. To, to, it was good, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> and actually, I went on the website to see where I can buy it, and I haven't really pinned it down in Seattle, but um, I know that I can order it in four packs. Oh, and yeah. So, and so, guys, if you're looking for this, it's by Union Wine Company, and it's called May Wine, M-E-I-W-I-N-E, -E, and it's in a can. And there's nothing I love more than drinking, like, wine out of a can. But what, same as stuff. Like, when they said wine cooler, I'm just like, what? <laughs> and then when I took a drink of it, I'm just like, this is 
doesn't like Seagram's wine cooler. It was incredibly drinkable and it was a hybrid, absolutely. I don't think I can drink wine or beer as easily as this went down. Yeah, me um, The color was beautiful. Really, we were a little disappointed because we saw them the next day and we're just like, hey, where's the May wine? And we're just like, oh, you have different stuff. We don't want that. <laughs> All right, fine, we're leaving. <laughs> Let us know when you bring the May wine back. Yeah. We'll come and you like, brought different stuff. You brought different stuff. Like, what's up with that? Um, so that was absolutely fantastic. Was so good. And then you remember the... Um, Guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation of this. I wasn't familiar with with this dish, but I looked it up online afterwards, and it's um, actually like a Korean sweet pancake, and it's called I believe a hotuk. Again, it may be mispronouncing it, but this is what I, I gather from the internet. I think yours had like a protein in it. Mine, I had a sweet potato mm -hmm. little pancake. It's hard it's hard to describe, and it was from it was local. It was from Portland, from Kim Jong Grillin. I've never had anything quite like that. Yeah, I thought that it was interesting choice because it was delicious, but it was really filling because it was this this like compact cake with so yeah. much going on in it. So mine actually had like cinnamon and sugar on it. And so I think both of them were sweet cakes because that's the thing about these, these are sweet cakes. Yeah. So there were no savories, but it was uh, definitely something that I couldn't put down. I had to force myself to stop eating it yeah. because we had so much food. Yeah, there. and it was, it was small, but yeah. it was like it was, dense. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it was, it was delicious. That was, yeah, it was super good. And then I think my only other dish that I wanted to give a nod to was another Seattle food goddess um, Rachel Yang um, who has um what does she have here? Jewel, she has Revel, and then she has, that's it, and Trove just, yeah, 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 Trove's yeah. closed for private events now, and then she also has, I actually didn't realize this until like a year or so ago, that she has Revelry down in Portland, mm -hmm. so she was down representing Revelry, and they were doing these spicy chicken skewers, which were just like, I mean, so good, and honestly, like, Thank God I got one before they opened up the lines because the, her line to get that was, I mean, must have been like 80 people deep. There was definitely some fighting over some of the food at these events. It was so good, though. For sure. So shout out, this this event was actually held at Zydell Yards. Yeah. So shout out to that venue because I think it's a new venue for Feast. Right on like the southwest end of the, the Portland waterfront. And it's kind of like where you would expect to find any night market. You have a beautiful a view of the Ross Island Bridge. Um, there's gravel. You can set up tents. Like you can see the water. It's a big, wide open space, so it, it fits for a lot of different things. Um, and what I loved is that they built this whole like stage over the sort of centerpiece of the night market, and there was Bollywood music and dancing going. And it's just such a fun atmosphere. And it's so funny because somebody replied to one of my stories going, "Yeah, I thought that was you dancing." <laughs> Okay, nice. Well, because there was backlighting on the video, right? So they're just like, I had to double check to make sure that wasn't you. Um, so it was a fun time. Some of my favorites, just a couple to add to yours, because I, I agree with your list, is Boke Bowl. They came out with a Dungeness Crab Rangoon. Mm -hmm. um, it had Sichuan Blackberry Coulee. Um, oh, my right? God, yes. A and we got those literally hot out of the fryer basket. Yeah, like, yeah. I had to let it cool we, yeah. off. It was going fast. And Bad Saint brought a grilled soy glazed pork belly with pickled cucumber. So guys, Ooh. pretty much if there's pork belly, I'm gonna eat it. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if it's like sautéed or braised or fried, I'm gonna eat that pork belly. <laughs> I feel like I missed that one somehow and I'm like <laughs> kicking myself now, you guys. It's hard to eat everything it at is. these. That's, it is. Uh, uh, yeah. 
super hard definitely which brings us to the big feast so the big feast actually ran two days saturday and sunday luckily we were there saturday when it was a beautiful sunny day yeah thank god um, at tom mccall waterfront and so that's a new location i guess in previous years uh, well first a couple of things first of all they changed the name of it yeah right yeah, yeah. And, and they moved the location so it used to be held at like pioneer courthouse square mm -hmm. and it used to be called do you remember what it was I think it was the Great Feast, Great Feast and now it's called the Big yeah. Feast, Feast, or I may be inverting those, yeah. but yeah, they did. They went and made a slight name change this year. Yeah, so Stephanie and I both made it to this one. <laughs> she got <laughs> she got in for an event beforehand, and I was like wandering around like Portland Saturday Market, so I had to stand in line, <laughs> and you guys know how much I love lines, so let's just put that out there. She was first in line, though, so, you know. <laughs> that was pretty close. She was like first in after me. All right, Stephanie, since you got there early and got like a really bird's eye view of everything, what don't you tell us some of the things that you saw? I, you know, I think one of the things that we talked about and a lot of people talked about, there was a, there was a lot just beyond food mm -hmm. at, at, the, at the Big Feast this year. They had a lot of fun things going on with alcohol and spirits. Kettle One was doing these beautiful botanical spritzes, different kinds with their liqueurs and all different kinds of fruits and they were just gorgeous. Then you know that uh, another favorite of mine that was not food related was the Frosé <laughs> that was being done by 14 Hands Wine. And that is also a, an Oregon-based winery. And they had the cutest little bus, <laughs> like all these wineries and I, I think like Tillamook mm -hmm. Cheese, they all have these adorable little buses that they come, like the little like VW looking bugs that they paint like bright colors and make them so adorable that you just want to sit there and drink wine all, all day out of their little van. And they had just the cutest little brosés. I did drink a few of them, but they were very small, you guys. That's the, another thing about these. There's a lot of alcohol around, but it's hard to get more than like a fifth of a glass at a time, you know? Cause so, so guys, listen, okay, listen to what Steph's saying, okay? She says they're very small and she drank a couple. You know there's a problem when you're like talking to your friend and you're just like, hey, can you go over there and get me some frosé? Like, like <laughs> when you're literally being shoulder tapped to go over there and get some. So, <laughs> well, it, they were so small, y'all. You know, it was it was a struggle, but they were they were delicious. And like Monica said, we were very lucky because it was a two day uh, event, and and it was we were there the sunny day, and the next day, they were not so lucky. So it was like a perfect frosé kind of day and then you know and a couple other things like I wanted to mention before I got into the food was just like the Oregon cheese spread that mm -hmm. they had there like the Oregon cheese commission was there like I there must have been 10 different kinds of lo at, at least maybe there was like 20 like I I, I got a plate of, of several different kinds again like that kind of connecting with the local farmers and just like the product itself other than a dish to me is like really cool because we are in a great place here in the mm -hmm. Pacific Northwest and Oregon and Washington just produce so much I I would I should have counted the cheeses I regret <laughs> not counting the cheeses but moving on to actual food I think that my favorite thing I mean I have to give a shout out to Dan Malahan, the <laughs> chef of Ryder Seattle. If you guys haven't been there, you should go. He was doing like a local halibut ceviche. And I think, I believe he said the halibut was from Port Angeles. It was delicious. Tomato, just super bright and easy to eat. I think I had one before you got there and then we went back and we had another one and they, he had those little pickled cucamelons. Yeah, they were cute. That's what they're called, right? Cuc I think so. Cucamelons. I, think so. I never had a pickled cucamelon. Mm -hmm. I could have eaten just a little like tray of those like they were they were so good and 
Honestly, I love that dish, and he put a lot of thought into it. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful. I think it was probably the, the prettiest dish there. It was absolutely there. the prettiest dish there, and I love the puff rice because the puff right. rice, like, added this texture. And, like, I can tell when somebody got, like, puff rice out of a bag or if they did it themselves. Like, this was fresh. Yeah. The color, the textures, the flavors, because I had a lot of people comment on the picture on my Instagram saying, like, it sounded like, a yeah, it sounds like a lot, but he's telling you what the ingredients are. And if a bite is a bite, you you know, I yeah. mean, if you get everything and it's a well-composed bite, there's nothing to complain about. Yeah, so yeah. It's like, calm down, people. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it was. It wasn't, he didn't overcomplicate it. No, it wasn't know? overly fussy. No, it not at all. perfect. Yeah, it was, it was so good. <laughs> um, so thank you, Chef Dan. And then give a shout out to Leishan, Leishan PDX. They did that. I think we took tons of videos and photos <laughs> of them on the grill. But yeah, they did that grilled Pinot Huckleberry Duck. That was delicious and super, super tender. I have not had the pleasure of eating there yet, but I've heard like really good things. And when I posted something about this restaurant on like my Instagram and Twitter, a lot of people were like coming back, like, totally. <sighs> like everyone. So next time I'm in Portland, I'm gonna go there. But that was another favorite. And then just a little shout out to, to Elinos, another Seattle. You can see we, there's a lot of, Feast is a very, like you said, Pacific Northwest focus. Mm -hmm. So we are mentioning a good bit of like our Seattle mm -hmm. favorites because we are so close to Portland and, and a part of the Pacific Northwest and the celebration. and. Elinos was down there. We love their yogurt, and I had their pumpkin pie yogurt, but you tried one of the yogurts that they had made just for the event, and yeah. I'm, I'm struggling to remember what the flavor profile was. Yeah, so the reason why I tried that one is because I'm not ashamed to admit that I'm a fan, and I eat their <laughs> yogurt all the time. Yogurt is amazing, yeah, so, so good. So I looked at the case, and I saw all the things that I could get in Seattle, and I'm just like, what is that? Yeah. And so it was, <laughs> It was very seasonal, so it had seasonal fruit in it, but it was, it had these roasted pepitas, and it had like, almost like toffee, like toffee granola-like texture. So there was like, the pepitas were slightly roasted and had that sort of soft, nutty crunch, but then there was a crunchier element to it that was almost like toffee or granola, like something harder. And so um, I thought that those flavors were delicious. And you know, I don't know if they're gonna sell it up here, but I, I would definitely buy that. Oh yeah, you yeah. liked it that much? I liked it that much. Uh, my favorites in town here are like raspberry ginger and lemon curd. Like oh. I love those. I'm so basic. I love like their marionberry. <laughs> it's so good. And then their pumpkin pie was super good. And it it's not available yet, but it will, it will be, be available. I think like in the next week. Don't quote me on that. But soon, soon. you guys will be able to buy Eleanor's, um pumpkin pie yogurt. So you can get pumpkin and even more stuff if you haven't had pumpkin in enough yet. <laughs> even though it's not even fall yet. <laughs> and let's see. Totally agree with your list. Um, I will say that something, you know, in the future, if I have more time for, if there weren't two events in one day, because we went to the big feast and then we went to smoke the same day. Right. But they, they did have some podcast interviews going on under a tent. And so those had already been prearranged. And so I think they had about like three different podcasters doing rotating interviews. Um, and I think I walked by one day when they were doing uh, Maya Lovelace. And uh, they also had Firestar Chats. And so you were really excited about those. I watched part of one. You stayed for one. But that's also something something for everybody right absolutely yeah. it was it was super cool I think that I believe that was a new component this year of feast so the fireside chats they actually had editors and associate editors of Bon Appetit magazine sit down with some local and and chefs from from all over and interview them and that was yeah that was really cool I wish I could have watched more like yeah. you said like I I watched I, I listened to one it was mm -hmm. I don't know about 20 minutes and it was it was super interesting
interesting, but you can't eat everything and drink everything and, and listen to all those. For me, that was like so cool just to meet some of the editors for Bon Appetit magazine. And, you know, I mean, let's just face it, you guys, like I got tired. I'm old. <laughs> yeah. I walk like a hundred thousand steps in yeah. a week. I'll like I was it. exhausted. A couple of my favorite dishes. Burgerville is something that I miss a lot ever since, you know, I used, to, I used to live in Portland for a while, for like eight, nine years. Burgerville is something that I miss a lot for their shakes and their burgers. And so they did a really simple slider. And I'm pretty sure Steph and I ate two of those each. Maybe, yeah. maybe we were just really hungry no. when we got there. I was hungry, I but it was good. It was good, too. <laughs> it was good. I forgot about that. It was so cute, but it was so cute. Yeah. And, I, you know, the picture that I took of it was like, oh, my gosh, this looks delicious because it was delicious. Yeah, it was. It was just a solid burger. Solid burger, yeah. yeah. And then I went to Craft PDX, and they had a Russian wild board sausage corn dog. So you guys know that I'm not a corn dog fan, but hey, it's wild boar sausage. So you know, I know what kind of meat's in there. Often with corn dogs, I'm concerned about what's in it. I have to say, like the batter was delicious and very, very beautiful in terms of presentation. So much so that there's a video on my highlights where I'm actually doing a mukbang happy dance. Oh, is that <laughs> what the I remember? I was that. The she was so happy was with so that happy. corn dog. Oh my. <laughs> Oh my God, I was so happy. I don't know why I didn't go get one. I think the fireside chat was starting. It was but like it. Yeah, that I think that's the happiest I've seen you. Maybe yeah, ever. That, that was pretty happy. <laughs> All right, so that's the big feast, and so we've got a couple more events. So after feast, uh, we tried to rest a little bit, and then we went to smoked. So some highlights of smoked. I mean, yeah. So smoked is like the big barbecue throwdown. Where I mean smoked it is what it sounds like everyone is there smoking different kinds of meats grilling out got to mention like olympia provisions a, a portland staple they were there um just like doing good grilled sausage and also they were serving up just tons of their charcuterie which like i don't know about you but i love yes. olympia provisions charcuterie like totally. it's also used and carried locally a lot here mm -hmm. in seattle so we're super familiar with it so always good to see those guys the other couple things that really blew me away that bamboo sushi actually a sushi <laughs> place they were doing an unagi they were grilling the unagi yeah, yeah, and then they were also doing another sushi bite. It escapes me. They were doing scallops as well. They were doing scallops mm -hmm. too. And I had the unagi. I don't know which one you had. But I had the unagi too. But what made that one interesting is that they were topping it with fresh strawberries. Yes. So really interesting flavor profile. But it it like it worked. worked. Yeah. I would never think that would work. I'm not as an adventurous of an eater as you <laughs> might think. I will try anything. But I grew up in a very traditional like household with mom making very traditional things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, eel with strawberry <laughs> sushi like that. It doesn't sound like it'd be good, but it it, it really was. And like the the line there too. Like you think everyone would be in line for the meat, but I think. People were excited to see, yeah, to see something different and see sushi. And then the last thing, I just want to shout out to um, Terrain Italian Kitchen. They were doing this incredible, huge smoked porchetta. I don't know if you saw it, but it I was did. like, I, I mean, it was massive. Mm -hmm. And then they were doing it like a flatbread. I it was called a grilled piadina, and I might be mispronouncing that, but it's a type of flatbread, so you would kind of like make mm -hmm. a sandwich with it almost at the end, and it was delicious. I mean, you could just tell when you looked at that porchetta that the love that went into it, it was just a huge piece of meat. It was so good, you guys. This was day three, and I have to say, yeah. when I got to smoke, by the time I got to smoke, I was like, 
I cannot eat that much meat right now. It was so right. late in the day. So I came in and I was eating things like I eat the unagi from Bamboo Sushi. And guys, just a shout out, Bamboo Sushi is going to open a location in University Village. And so oh. keep an eye out for that in the future. I also ate chicken wings because I can't pass up chicken wings. You so, really can't. <laughs> I know, right? My love language. Um, Mama Birds was having some grilled chicken wings. And what was nice is that they were giving you uh, your choice of sauces. So I chose a Thai one, which is more of a fish sauce based. Um, Asian-inspired one. And then I went to Pollo Norte. They were doing elotes. And Ooh. so had those. And so kind of traditional, but um, they had our favorite. It was sprinkled with Jacobson sea salt. Oh, I love them. <laughs> I know, right? They're so, they're so good. good. I don't know if they're if they were a sponsor or... Yeah, they, I kept seeing their products Yeah, around. they're very involved. I, I just shout out to them, guys. Yeah, I love Jacobson's. I have four big jars yes. of different salts of theirs in my, in my counter I'm at a home. big salt fan. Yeah, yeah. It was a great event, though, wasn't it? Like, it's... Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it perhaps was, like, the most impressive to just walk around because yes. it's just people are, are grilling huge pieces mm -hmm. of meat. Like, it's just... It's cool. You get yeah. to walk around, see the totally. chef, see the fire, see the smoke going everywhere. So it's... It's definitely one of the sexiest events. Totally. And I think that if, like, we were coming to town and we were just going to smoke, like, that's an event in and of itself. Absolutely. Just the caliber of the chefs that are there and the variety of proteins that they're cooking. Mm -hmm. And again, like, so showy, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so special. I, I'm disappointed that I couldn't eat more, but on day three, I was kind of losing it, it already. It was hard. <laughs> it was hard. I was so full by that. Like, every bite was was tough at yeah. that point. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and that brings us to Brunch Village, which is the last big event that we had together before we parted ways. Before we parted in, ways. In Portland. <laughs> God, and this, yeah, again, this was the end of just a ton of eating, and it ends in a brunch event, which, of course, is extremely, <laughs> extremely gluttonous, but it's also a lot of fun. And this was actually my first time to get to go um, to Brunch Village because... Because I've I've done feast I think three times before and every time I do it I'm like wiped by Sunday yeah, and I'm like I'm hard. I'm leaving I'm like so I'm hard. I'm gone I'm going home like I can't I just can't make it through but this year made it through I mean I think it was definitely worth it even though unfortunately there was some rain so there was you know it, we were in an, an event space that was like half indoor half outdoor and the outdoor was like covered with tents so it wasn't mm -hmm. a total disaster but a little rain that we had to fight to get in I mean for me I hate to be like I, I feel like this is a is a predictable like cliche thing to say but salt and straw <laughs> for me I mean like that they they did a it was a french toast ice mm -hmm. cream sandwich with pickled blackberries and hot maple fudge so it's basically an ice cream sandwich totally like with with fresh organ berries and yeah this like delicious I didn't even realize until I looked at my notes it was a, a maple fudge sauce that was oh yeah that was on top yeah. like it was I destroyed it and that line oh my god <laughs> people they must have had three employees mm -hmm. working this event just standing around salt and straw telling people where to get in mm -hmm. line they're like no salt and straw line is mm -hmm. this I'm, I'm just I'm not even trying to get salt and straw mm -hmm. right now I'm just walking by right. ma'am but like people were that excited both about salt and straw I think and also just because that was so good yeah I mean I don't think it's predictable to talk about salt and straw I think for ice cream that when you have a trained chef like Tyler Malik at the helm and when he's actually there himself, 
you were there like we just we stood there for a long time watching them compose these things so it's literally every step of the process mm -hmm. i mean they're doing like the french toast and then they're scooping the ice cream and then they're pressing it and then they're cutting it and then tyler's plating it with beautiful berries and that maple sauce right mm. and so it's also just a production i mean how often are you going to an ice cream shop where it's not a pastry chef but like a trained chef right right that, that has like this breadth of experience and like some funky ideas about what food should taste like yeah Right? Yeah, and you, you could. You could just see watching that all play mm -hmm. out, him, everyone, like from start to finish. It was, yeah, I think we stood there for 10 minutes or so just like kind yeah. of lost in watching what yeah. they were doing. It was <laughs> it was really cool. It was really impressive. And it was, yeah. I was fangirling. Yeah. And, and that's coming from someone who's interviewed Tyler. Now, yeah. Right? So, guys, if you want to catch that interview, that's episode 22 from way back in February where Nelson and I took a road trip to the Salt and Straw Distribution Center to meet Tyler and to interview him. Yeah, get all the Salt and Straw info. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was amazing. And then I think we both loved that scallion pancake with yeah. braised pork belly. Yeah. And then I I'm looking at my notes here was a ginger hollandaise. Mm -hmm. I did not Yeah, I'm not a huge hollandaise mm -hmm. fan, but they didn't overdo it. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't they didn't like just put a ton of it on the plate like totally. I feel like that a lot of times people are really heavy-handed with the hollandaise but and then the ginger it just like it cut through some of the the richness like of the hollandaise and I could have eaten like 10 of those I agree if that line wasn't there I would have gone back I mean that scallion pancake I think what surprised me was how thin it was how crunchy it was, how it wasn't what I was expecting, like what my mind told me a scallion pancake was, and how just delightful the pork belly was. It was so flavorful, so loved yeah, it. Pork belly was so good. Okay, so so this next thing, you're only allowed to say how good it was three times. <laughs> okay, all right, so guys, um, my favorite thing at, at Brunch Village was actually not a food item, but it was a nitro chai from Smith tea makers <laughs> so they did this nitro chai that they canned I probably had like 10 of them again guys these are little cups okay <laughs> it's not like a full like can but it, they, they're they're canned it's on my Instagram story and that that I'll that that's pinned and I put it all over Twitter so you can <laughs> you can go find photos and videos of me talking about how much I loved it but it was absolutely delicious I could drink it every day I was totally heartbroken to find out that you can only get this in their tea room in Portland. So you can't order it. So I'm sorry, guys. You're going to have to go down to Portland to get this. But if you haven't been to um, the Smith Tea to one of their, have you been to their? No, I haven't. They're like tasting rooms. Now. There's, I'm honestly not sure if they just have one or I think maybe they have a couple now. And it's been a year or so since I've been. But it's a really fun experience to go do a tea tasting, especially if you're not you know, I, I do drink, but I don't drink a lot. And I'm a big, like, I like the mocktail scene. I like my options. I like my sparkling water. Having, getting to go to their tea room and, and do that, pick out your teas, you know, it's, it's, it's really fun. It's a, it's, it's feel a special. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool, it's a really cool experience. It's really different. And so I've been a fan of them for, for many years. And when, I mean, you tried that chai, right? Yeah. That nitro chai. <laughs> like I, I can't even like explain how good it was. It was, I'm not a huge fan of like cold, like nitro cold brew just because it's, I mean, I like it, but it just makes me go crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I feel like I'm gonna like, you know, run 
a marathon after I have, you know, like a, a Fonte cold brew from around the, the corner or something mm -hmm. at my house. But this, it was, I don't know, it was a little more subtle. Mm -hmm. I was scared I wasn't going to be able to sleep that night, but I, I <laughs> could. It. it was it was so good. So, all right, I'm done. That's that, that's, that, it. that's my note for you guys. Go to Portland, go to the Smith Tea Tasting Room and get that nitro chai, please. Okay, so aside from all the things that Stephanie mentioned, I mean, I think that we, we agree on a lot of it. The only thing I want to add is a dish from Proud Mary. So I'm a huge fan of Proud Mary. I think they do beautifully plated dishes um, that are on point. And shout out to Nelson, co-host, for taking me there the last time we were down there. But they made a charcoal pavlova mm. with lemon myrtle, passion fruit, and summer fruits. And um, there's something to be said about like a dessert that makes you feel so special, and and that that was kind of it, right? I yeah. Mean, it makes me feel special. Like you can serve anyone like a cupcake or a cobbler, but like it was a piece of art, right? And so just shout out to Proud Mary for being I'm, there. I'm bummed I missed that one. That one must have been it outside. In the it was outside in the, in the corner. corner. Yeah, guys. So it was you know couldn't make it to everything. It was a little <laughs> rainy, but you know I think between the two of us we got almost everything. Almost everything. Yeah. All right, so that's all the time that we have. So first of all, Steph, I want to say, you know, I was really sad that Nelson couldn't be with me, but definitely having you there made it bearable. <laughs> good good <laughs> Nelson stand-in. Well, it's just like, you know, sometimes it's hard. Like, you know, you go to these events yourself and you eat and you feel bad about yourself. And like, I mean, you know, we did a lot of walking. Um, we didn't have a lot of chance to see other things, but we got to eat our favorites. You got to eat at Canard. I got to go to Pac Pac. Yes. Those are really important to us. And then we both got to share our love of ramen before we left town. Yes. Um, so that was perfect. Yeah. It was Moroccan, right? Moroccan. That, yeah. 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 Moroccan. So, yeah. So just FYI, guys we were there all we did was feast but we did pick three restaurants to visit she wanted to go to Pac Pac <laughs> I wanted to go to Canard and then we went to Moroccan Ramen she had heard of it and all three great all so three just great. our little add-on to feast totally. yeah because we didn't eat enough at no, feast we didn't <laughs> But I think I think what's important is that yeah, like we should plan more PDX road trips. Yeah, <laughs> we right. Should, we should do it quarterly. Honestly, so close and so close. There's so much good food down yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for standing in today, Steph. Really appreciated having your perspective. Thanks for having me, guys. It's always fun to be on the podcast. And that's our feast recap. Nelson, I really wish it could have gone together. What do you think about our Feast Recap? Man, I did not realize how many events there are in Feast Portland. You guys did a lot. I mean, <laughs> you covered a lot, Monica. You and Steph both covered a lot. It was crazy. And the one thing that stood out, wild boar sausage corn dog. What is, oh my what is that? What is that? Right? <laughs> That generated a happy dance on my personal Instagram yeah. stories. <laughs> it was delicious. I mean, you know, I don't like corn dogs to begin with, but wild boar sausage, fantastic. Yeah, that's way better than the corn dogs I get at the fairs. <laughs> that's way better. <laughs> the footlongs? <laughs> the footlongs. The footlongs. But I, I, what I was really impressed about is that all the chefs that came from everywhere, it's not just like local Pacific Northwest chefs from like Washington, Portland, mm -hmm. and the Pacific Northwest. It was everyone. Cause you mentioned fat rice. I'm yeah. sorry. Cause because Steph mentioned mm -hmm. fat rice in Chicago and I actually went to fat rice when I visited mm -hmm. Chicago a couple years ago, that was kind of interesting and uh, oh that she recognized it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, there was tons of chefs all over the, all over the United States. And I thought that was really, really cool. I didn't real I didn't realize the magnitude of what feast Portland is. I know it was huge. Yeah, it's huge. I thought it was just this local festival, but no way, not <laughs> <laughs> was totally a hundred percent wrong about that. 
Yeah, we were exhausted. We couldn't even make it to most of the after party. <laughs> we made it to one and we're just like, oh man, so tired. <laughs> well, welcome back. Welcome back. We are going to get to see each other this week. We're, you're going to actually be on mm -hmm. the east side for one event, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, that's kind of fun. I always love crossing the water, sort of. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just more excited to see your face. It's just, I was like, okay, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen Monica in quite some time. Not my significant other, hashtag not a couple, but still. <laughs> We're still friends and we haven't seen each other in a while. So yeah, I'm, I'm really Absolutely. excited to hang out again. And um, I'm glad that you're back in the Seattle area. We're ready to take on more food events and more restaurants. We're ready. We're ready. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to seeing you too, Nelson. Excellent. All right, everybody. That's our show for tonight. Thank you so much for listening. Regular show is going to be back next week with an interview. Other than that, have a wonderful week and happy eating, Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at seattlefoodiepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.